Hi, everybody, and welcome to the 12th episode of the JLT Grey's Anatomy Podcast. My name is Jesse, and this episode is going to be over the characters of um, Addison Forbes Montgomery Shepherd, formerly Addison Forbes Montgomery Shepherd. Now she's just Addison Forbes Montgomery. And then we have um, Alex Karev and the actor and the actors that play them, because now they want to be called actors, not actresses. And that would be Kate Walsh and Justin Chambers. So we're first going to start out, and we're going to go over... Um, we're going to go over the character of Alex Karev first. I just have to say uh, that I love that Alex Karev is from Iowa because it just doesn't seem like from his type of personality I would have expected him to be from more inner city, but he's from Iowa. And um, he went to the uh, University of Iowa and was a former wrestler, and he studied medicine, and he was on a wrestling scholarship. And then we find out in one of the episodes that um, Alexis was a wrestler because his... Uh, his father was a musician and a drug addict, and he used to beat his mother. And then Alex, one time after his father um, really hurt his mother, Alex beat him up. And from then on, the father was in the hospital, and then he left Alex and his mother after that. So, let's see, there's not a lot in this Wikipedia article, except for uh, in the character history. But let's go ahead and see. Here it says the ag- <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I tried to connect Alex and Eager into one word, but it didn't work. Alex is an eager and competitive intern, and that's really, uh, it really is. I think eager is almost a different word because he's very, he has a very calm, competitive nature because he's very competitive, but he's not um, overzealous about it, I think. And he's also very self-absorbed and confident, overconfident, and that is the truth. And he always, um, he always wants the cases that he feels are the best and the most interesting, which is always uh, never, never a good sign of a doctor, I suppose. Like, it's good to have good cases, and I'm sure that they all want them, but they all are willing to they're all willing to do the rest of the work. And it, I guess in a sense Alex is willing to, but he would rather he would rather not do that. And then let's see, we have Alex is, says Alex prides himself on his honesty. And if you remember in a particular episode, he was asked by uh, Dr. Dr. Burke to kind of lie a little bit or something. And, you know, Alex was like, no, the one thing that I have is I may be like, I may be a pig or whatever, but in the end I'm honest and I'm okay with that. And I think that's really good. And it's, it's good in many senses because Alex is very, uh, he's very, it is honest and sometimes he's crude or brutal or insensitive as the website says, but, um, since he lacks the tact that most human beings have, I think he's a very content person and I really appreciate that in his character. And he also does have poor bedside manner, but, you know, Alex does have a moral code and he really doesn't like to risk offending patient or wait he does risk offending patients and getting kicked out of surgical cases but it's all because he knows that he couldn't live with himself if he wasn't telling the truth and I think that's a very commendable uh, uh attribute and then let's see Alex is also the first intern to decide on a specialty it says and it's plastic surgery and we know that he wants to go into plastics and he won't won't punch George one time because he didn't want to ruin his hands or so he says but he really just got beat up by George and um he doesn't want to ruin his ruin his hands, and so he he even follows around um, Mark Sloan for a very long time and does whatever Mark asks because he knows that Mark Sloan is his way in to um, the plastics world. And let's see, I guess it's also notable to mention that he worked in uh, the gynecology with uh, with what's her face <laughs> with Addison for a very long time because Ad- Addison got angry with him and was forced to she. 
she forced Alex to continually be the resident on her call at all times. And from there, we actually see that maybe Alex does have a talent for the OBGYN or the neonatal surgery that Addison does. And I think it's really nice to see that side of Alex. Like, he's hard and he's whatever and he's honest and brutal. But, you know, he he's good at being an OBGYN or a neonatal surgeon. And I think that's very, like, that's a very redeeming quality in his character. And then... He, uh, let's see, I don't really know. He, oh, he also slept with Olivia Harper and gave her, um, what did he give her? <laughs> I can't remember. He gave her the STD, STI, whatever. I can't remember what it is. And then, I guess let's mention one particular, uh, patient. And let's see, let's, let's talk about the the patient that he had when he told Olivia the incorrect stats for uh what for the medicine to give him and she he basically fried his patient's brain and his patient died and that's when he really first learned um a lot oh and then i guess let's talk about alex and izzy real fast um okay well alex used to be very taunting to izzy and very rude and very um i don't know what you'd say but he's not very he wasn't a very good friend and he really he pasted copies of her advertisement for Bethany Whisper all over the hospital and he you know he was really trying to humiliate her and I'm not really sure why and at first that seemed to be who he was but I don't really think that is who he is now at all and um let's see and now like we eventually started peeling away the layers of Alex and realizing that his back background has really caused him to come into hardship and that's why he's uh that's why he is who he is and the hardships that he struggled through are really important and he, uh, let's see, uh, we know that his father was addicted to heroin and he just couldn't give one of his patients the pain medication they wanted because he knew that they were junkies and that they didn't need it. And I think uh, that, I mean, we all know that your childhood really does kind of dictate who you become in a way, I mean, depending on how you take it. But so I think it was really interesting to see why Alex is as hard and, um, rude sometimes as he is and we it makes him more makes us more sympathetic to him and it makes him a well-rounded character so i really appreciate it and i'm seeing that uh <laughs> alex gave olivia syphilis who gave it to george which is still kind of funny to me which is probably not funny to anyone and then let's talk about third season alex because he's still the same old alex but at the same time he's definitely changed a bit and i think one of the ways that he has changed is that he is very uh He's very, he grew very close to Ava, or Rebecca Pope, uh, who's the girl that he rescued from the boating, the boating accident, the ferry accident, and so he, uh, as, like, he really did fall in love with her, and we don't know where it's going to head, and uh, he helped her through the many surgeries she had, and um, he helped deliver Ava's daughter, and the, uh, there's so many there's so many layers to that relationship and then at the end she had gotten her identity back and she knew who she was and then she basically said you know I don't want to go or she was like she asked Alex if they he would be there for her because she was willing to leave her husband for him and then uh but Alex said you know he didn't think he was good enough so he said to Rebecca you know go back to your husband that's where you belong and then he tried to hit on Addison because oh I'm missing so many things. He tried to hit on Addison at the wedding, and it was because and Addison knew, and I love this about Addison, that she told him that she doesn't want, uh, that he doesn't want her because he just wants 
Rebecca Pope. And so Addison asked him to go find her, and he left. But then he came to a hospital room, and it was empty because Ava had gone. And so that's where we're left with him. But let's talk about his and Addison relationship real fast. At first it was just like, you know, Addison was trying to get back at him for being rude about um, gynecologists. And so Addison had him as her intern for as long as she wanted. And he did everything for her, and she was hard and tough on him. But slowly but surely, Addison began to peel away the layers of Alex, and she definitely began to see uh, that he is a really great person and that um, there's something there's some qualities in there that she really loves and she and him had one like after Ava had her baby she had a surgery or she she and him slept together uh because that's Addison <laughs> but um I guess what I'm getting at is they had like a one night stand particularly and it didn't go any further than that and it's a little sad but um in the end we don't know what's going to happen and we're ho- uh or I guess you could say uh spoiler alert here uh, we do know that the actress of Rebecca Pope has been signed on again, and so we can assume that there's going to be something with her, but we don't know how long she's on, so we also don't know if, you know, it's just kind of to close the story up, or if um, or if it's going to be a recurring character. So, you know, I guess we're going to find out really soon. And the next thing we're going to talk about is Justin Chambers. Well, I think that Justin Chambers is definitely one of those that is the most different from what you're expecting him to be. But let's go ahead and get started. And he was born on July 11 in 1970, and he was a former Calvin Klein male fashion model, which would be awkward if he was a female fashion model, but anyway. Okay, so he was born in Springfield, Ohio. He has a twin brother named Jason, and he has an older brother and two older sisters. Uh, He and his wife, Keisha, got married in 1993, so he actually got married kind of young. He was 23, but they have five children, which is amazing, because he's got a ton of kids. And he, uh, oh, when he was little, he and his twin brother used to visit the hospitals a lot because they used to have, like, pneumonia and other things, and it was because they were a little bit weak when they were young. But anyway, he has five children, and it's a little, it's different because he has twins, and usually twins skip a generation on their mother's side. But anyway, he said that his, um, oh, no, he didn't say that they are. His children are Isabella, and the twins are Maya and, is it Kayla? And then he has Eva, or Ava, I'm assuming it's Eva, and then Jackson. And then he and his wife um, are living in uh, Los Angeles, and, okay, wait. He and it, so his family actually just moved with him to Los Angeles, because I think they used to be a bi-coastal family. But anyway, and his family, uh, his daughters have recently formed a band, because Jackson's a little small yet, I think, and they call themselves Nyla. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't help you. Ooh, this is going to be short. There's not a lot of information on him. Anyway, he was discovered, oh, by a modeling scout on the Paris Metro, and he was actually just riding the train, and they asked him if he'd ever thought about modeling before, and then he went on, and he he did a lot of stuff in Europe for quite a while, and then he started to branch out, and he went on to represent the Calvin Klein in a fragrance campaign, and then he, oh, that was sick, sorry, I don't like it when I do that. Anyway, he worked throughout Europe, Japan, and the United States for Calvin Klein, Armani, Armani, and Dolce & Gabbana, which is pretty sweet. Anyway, after he, then later on he decided he wanted to be an actor and he went to, he moved to New York and he studied at HB Studios and he was there for four years and then he got a couple of television roles. Um, The notable ones would be like Another World and New York Undercover. Most recently he was in, oh, The Wedding Planner. I love that movie and he was pretty good in it too. And then he was in a bunch of ones I've never heard of. The Zodiac I've heard of. 
And in an HBO movie, Hysterical Blindness, I don't know that one either. But then he was in Cold cold Case, but left after only three episodes. I don't know why. And now he plays Alex Krev, and I'm glad he left because now he is on Grey's Anatomy, and he's playing, like, this terrible character, which isn't him at all, and I think that's fantastic that he does that. Okay, so that's re- that's sad that that's all I have on him. Okay, um, let's talk about Addison Montgomery, and I'm really excited, because if you guys have noticed from, like, previous podcasts, I love Addison Montgomery and Kate Walsh. Kate Walsh is, like, one of my all-time favorite actresses. She's right up there with Lauren Graham. And now Reba McIntyre. But that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> Tacky, I know. I try. Okay, so Addison Forbes Montgomery used to be Addison Forbes Montgomery Shepherd. And uh, she is a board-certified OBGYN with fellowships in maternal fetal medicine and medicine genetics. How do people know this? Um, and she's also a neonatal surgeon. Like, what isn't she? I think that's amazing. And I'm super excited for private practice. I hope you guys are too. And maybe if I really, really like it, which I know I am, but if I like it to the point where, like, maybe I should, um, podcast on it, maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll see how this one keeps, picks up after the, um, after they start off. Okay, so she is a highly regarded neonatal surgeon and uh, she's a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, but Addison was asked to come and just consult on a uh, consult on a case. And in the end, she got asked over to uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Seattle Grace Hospital. Oh, and this also says she completed two years of study on the cystic fibrosis something, uh, just on cystic fibrosis. And we knew this from when she early on when Addison showed up and she was trying to uh, she was going to help Meredith and. Uh, Bailey in a case and Meredith wasn't sure of her wasn't sure of her qualifications for this case but she was because she's qualified for everything anyway she's also uh well okay ready she's only a handful of surgeons in the world who know how to separate fetal blood vessels which is really cool and she does it on the show and that's I think that's originally why she was brought in and then so she comes from a wealthy background just like uh, just like Mark Sloan, but her ex-husband, Derek Shepard, worked hard, and that's what got him through success. She was married to Derek for 11 years, and then she had a, an affair with his best friend in their house, in their bed. Oh, fantastic, buddy. And that was with Dr. Mark Sloan, which is why Derek left New York and went to Seattle. Seattle. And in spite of uh, her chosen... Okay, <laughs> what... So then Addison admitted to Dr. Bailey one time that she and Derek were discussing having children and then she wasn't ready. And then once they separated, she was pregnant with Mark's baby and then she aborted it because she wanted a baby with Derek, not with Mark. But then, uh, I don't know. Okay, ready? So Mark had cheated on Addison, so she left him. And then she went to, this is when she came to Seattle to consult on that case. And then, uh, and then Richard asked her to stay a little bit later. And let's see. Oh, and she actually went to medical school with Derek. They did um, a lot of things. They completed their residency under Dr. Richard Weber, who is now chief. And let's see. Oh, okay. Well, this is, that's that's silly. Sorry. So then Addison and Derek were both extremely um, successful, but Derek much in his field of uh, neurosurgery and her and whatever she was doing at the time. And they each had their own practice in it. Um, really took away from their relationship, and then she was caught cheating, as I had mentioned, and then he moved, Derek moved away from her, and now, uh, this is where she comes in, and we really see her, and she comes back to Seattle to consult, and kind of 
breaks up not kind of she totally breaks up Derek and Meredith and Derek um continually refers to her as Satan which is pretty hot but anyway Addison was offered the head of surgery of the neonatal department at Seattle Grace and it was a very wonderful job and she uh she and Derek did decide to try to work things out even though Derek was still in love with Meredith and then yeah so that was kind of the beginning of Meredith but then Addison eventually finds that her husband must have slept with Meredith because someone else's panties were in his pocket after the prom and so then um, later on she she's real like she washes them and she puts them up on the lost and found board which is pretty it's, it's like priceless it's hilarious but and then anyway uh, she must have called Mark and then the next time we see him Mark is in New York and they're in a hotel room and she's kind of drunk and he comes out of the shower with no towel on and Derek is there trying to um, talk about how their marriage was over and then they started to get their divorce proceedings there and then Mark wanted to stay and like continue his relationship with Addison but Addison kept saying no this was nothing but a transcontinental booty call as she liked to call it and then when the divorce was finalized she was not Addison Forbes Montgomery Shepherd she was just Addison Forbes Montgomery and then she got the brownstone property in Manhattan overlooking Central Park which is pretty sweet in the Hamptons as long as all he got was all he wanted was Seattle and but okay <laughs> let's see then we can go on and Addison was still in good terms with the Shepherd family apparently because Nancy Shepherd who is the one that everyone has slept with was there and you could see that they got along and then let's just say that I thoroughly enjoy her friendship with Callie Torres and I've talked about it often and I just love it I think it's fantastic in the way that um she gets along with Callie and the way they talk they're like a really truly healthy relationship which is very hard to find on this show if you haven't noticed but their relationship was amazing and they were each other's confidants as it says on this website and I really truly love that I think it's fantastic and then they also talk about their love lives and their relationships and I think that Callie and uh, Addison are a fabulous friendship and I think I would love to have one like that <laughs> and then let's see um Mark Sloan okay well Mark still loves Addison and she so she wants she's thinking that you know she wants to get back with him but uh but the thing is is something's getting in the way and it's Alex Karev and Alex is starting to come in and one time she kisses him at Joe's bar after uh, jo- uh wait what's his name his dad dies his dad T uh no that's that's the real guy's name B- T.R. Knight's character what is his name sad I don't know anyway um I wish I could think of it that's so like brain freeze or something not a brain freeze, but a moron moment, I guess. Um, so anyway, she kissed him in Joe's bar, and then, like, he, they just kind of looked from afar, and then she and Mark had this agreement that they were going to abstain from sex for 60 days, and if they could do it, if both of them could do it, they were, she was going to give them a chance in a real relationship. But in the end, she actually fails because she is still in love, or she's in lust with Alex. I don't know what she's in with him. And then, However, but Alex or Mark is an amazing like apparently Mark Sloan becomes an amazing guy at the last minute and he lies to Addison knowing that she broke the promise and saying that he broke the promise. And so he didn't say after anything, but uh we don't really know what happens because um Addison tries to like get with Alex and 
Alex is thinking he's not good enough slash he's in love with someone else. So in the end, she uh, she definitely kind of went off to the side and had to rethink. And that's when she did those uh, the Private Practice spinoff episode. And she started to, um, she went and she was going to get, uh, she wanted to have a baby. And so she went to see her friend in California. And as it turns out, uh, you know, she might be better off there. And in fact, she is. So it's very exciting to have her embark on this new adventure in private practice. And I'm very excited to watch it. And I know a lot of people didn't like the pilot, but I really enjoyed it. And so I'm very, I'm very, very excited. So let's see here. Let's talk about Kate Walsh. She's like my hero. She's up there. Okay, so she was born in San Jose, California. And she was born October 13, 1967, which is two days after me, slash a different year. <laughs> because I, yeah, I was born way later. Not way later. She's not old. But anyway, she grew up in Tucson, Arizona. And she comes from an Irish-Italian family, which is pretty sweet. And when Kate was 22, her father died, and he was the Irish. And her mother is Italian, and she studied at U of A and University of Arizona. And she was definitely involved in regional theater then. But she was also a model in Japan in the 1980s. And she said they used to marvel at her because they thought she was really tall, but she's really not that tall. But anyway, they used to pretend <laughs> think she was that tall. And now Kate lives in Los Angeles, where they film. So, early in her career, she moved to Chicago, and she worked at the Piven Theater Workshop, and she also performed on NPR in Born Guilty, and then later on, she moved to New York City and became a part of the comedy troupe Burn Manhattan, and uh, she performed in a number of off-Broadway plays. Let's just talk about a little moment of her in Chicago and how it, that she, how she was put in jail one night for throwing a cue ball through the pool or they were like at a bar at a, at a mirror at a bar she threw the cue ball and just got a little bit of trouble you're not supposed to do that and then she's like we calmly walked out like she was saying that it's one of those things like when you've had some alcohol and you're still thinking fairly straight but it was very calculated move and they were having a little argument so she decided she knew how to stop it by throwing the cue ball through the mirror at the mirror and then they walked out calmly and then she was arrested and she was taken to um her prison cell and there was two people spooning and she was very uncomfortable it's funny and okay let's go ahead and talk about her television roles her first major role was on the drew carey show and if you don't if you didn't watch the drew carey show she was very funny in it she was the girlfriend nikki and as um time went on they were saying that like her character started to pick up on she had used to be fat and now she was skinnier and she was um she lost all her weight and she was trying to they tried to show throughout the time that she was picking up on uh drew's eating habits and she slowly started to gain weight back and so she wore a fat suit and then she was also in the mind of what is it the mind of the married man and she played norm mcdonald's romantic interest in the norm show she was also in, oh yes, she was in CSI Crime Scene Investigation as Mimosa, a transsexual, and that was pretty, that was pretty, pretty entertaining. I like that episode. And then she also sometimes appeared in sketches on The Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And then she was on Cisco, Karen Cisco. I don't remember that show at all. <laughs> and then now she's on Grey's Anatomy, and she's going to be, she's actually only supposed to be on for like five episodes, but then they really liked the relationships that she and the um the conflict that she brought to the show so they kept her on for a very long time and um if you watch the episode of ellen with kate on it uh ellen confirmed found a way to confirm that addison was going to get her own spinoff in february it was pretty sweet 
and funny. And so I'm very excited for it to come on. So let's see. She's also in some movies. Uh, she was with Will Ferrell in Kicking and Screaming, which she was pretty good in that. Like, the movie wasn't, like, fantastic or anything, but she was pretty good. And then she had, like, a teeny tiny role in Bewitched and an alternate film to Anchor Woman. Oh, she was up... She was in a Wake Up Ron Burgundy, the last movie, but I have no idea what that is. And this is an interesting fact, which I probably mentioned when we did Sandra O. Oh, but Kate Walsh was in Under the Tuscan Sun, where she played Sandra's o, Sandra O's girlfriend, which is fantastic. And uh, here's a quote from Kate regarding her various lesbian roles. Do I give off a girl-on-girl vibe, I wonder? Or is it because I'm tall? I guess the chicks just dig me. Which is fantastic, because she's really funny. And she was set to star in 1408 with Samuel L. Jackson and John Cusack, but she had to drop on due to scheduling conflicts. So, oh my gosh, if you haven't seen this, you need to look it up on YouTube. It's funny. Her friend, her best friend Nancy Pimentel, I think is how you say it, Pimentel, um, based uh, two main characters in The Sweetest Thing on her and Kate Walsh. And there's the funniest, funniest video clip of Kate. And I'm really thinking that she's super spoofing herself. But it's definitely worth checking out. And, um, I don't know. She, (laughs) she went, here's another quote from her. And this is on Wikipedia if you want to read it. It says, Walsh told Women's Health she went from blonde to red because she was never a blonde at heart. Being blonde was always other than what I really am. I thought I wanted to be one of the softer girly girls, but I grew out of that. I realized I'd never be sweet. Never. <laughs> She's the current spokeswoman for Caress and their new line of body wash called Exotic Oil Infusion. You can actually find those online, too, and she does, like, stories, and they're pretty fun. And she, let's see. She's cur- She just got married really recently, September 1, to Alex Young, who is the production co-president of 20th Century Fox, and they were married... Um, They were married really quickly, too, and it was like a whirlwind romance, and so I'm really excited that she got married. I really like her. And she was number 52 on Maxim's Hot 100 of 2007, which I think is fabulous because she's beautiful and wonderful and gorgeous, and I love her. And if you didn't notice, I love Kate Walsh. I love Kate Walsh a lot. She's fantastic. So... Let's see. That's pretty much all I have for you. This is going to be our last episode. If I missed a character, maybe someone should email me. Because I'm all thrown off. Because I I took a really long break, and I apologize for that. But, um, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, This is going to be our last episode until the Grey's premiere comes out. And then definitely tune in later that week, and I will have, probably over the weekend, I will have a podcast straight out for you, and it's going to be great and exciting. And then we're going to start to um, expand on the JLG podcasting, especially in the Grey's Anatomy and Numbers area. So check those out, definitely. Of course, you're already checking out Grey's Anatomy if you're listening to this. But anyway, also, look forward to this fall, some co-hosting. Not necessarily all the time, but hopefully some of the time, especially one of our listeners, Erica. I'm um, very pleased she was like, I haven't told her this yet, so this is going to be your uh, official telling that I'd like... I definitely think it'd be fun for you to come on one time and just talk with me and we'll do it live for us maybe not for everybody else but um it'll be fantastic and there's going to be more like that I hope especially as I get to know more people at my school and find out that they're really into grades I'm hoping that they'll come you know and do a little rotation and I think you might and then maybe someone will want to do it forever and it'll make the show fantastic 
I'm very excited for season four, and I just want to let you all know, of course, that season three is out on DVD. You would think that I would own it, but since it's $40 and I don't have $40, I don't own it yet. But I will be getting it, hopefully, really, really soon. And let's see what else. Okay. Oh, yes. (laughs) What is it? Comments. Definitely go to jlg-graysanatomy.blogspot.com and leave some comments on the blog or go in the upper right-hand corner and you can leave me an audio. Or you can send me an email, or you can send me a voice comment by recording your own to, uh, what is that, <laughs> jlgpodcasting at gmail.com. I'd love to get your emails, and I definitely love to get your voicemails, and I love to share them with the rest of the listeners. So especially as like things start getting more regular, I definitely want you guys to all uh, jump in on this with me. And so I hope that you all like get really into this, because I'm really excited to make this podcast bigger and better and just fantastic. So also, if you want to go to iTunes and leave us some feedback, that would be pretty sweet too. Especially if it was good feedback, because I think that's my favorite. <laughs> and then let's see what else. Um, you're going to leave feedback. And oh yes, I forgot the MySpace page. I made a MySpace page for us. And it's uh, JLG Grey's Anatomy Podcast. So it's www.myspace.com backslash Grey's Anatomy, JLG Grey's Anatomy Podcast. Or you could search for me. That's probably easier. Um, and add me as your friend because I don't get a lot of friends and it's sad. Anyway, uh, that's all I have for you for right now. So I can't wait for the new episodes of Grays to start. And as soon as they do, expect this podcast to pick back up again and to be like revitalized, hopefully. I'm very excited for it. So that's all I have for now. So have a wonderful rest of Well, summer's over. Sorry to break it to you. But have a wonderful week and I will talk to you all very soon. Bye.